And welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Today, Matt welcomes Beefy, a nerdcore artist hailing from Spokane Valley, Washington. With his latest album, titled Grown Up, Beefy brings the nerdcore community together by featuring the likes of MC Lars, Michael Kill, Adam Warrock, and Megaran, just to name a few. Flooring one fascinating aspect of the artistic process, Beefy opens up to Matt on the impact his producers have had on the different records he has made. He also discusses his life as a working artist and having to balance that work with having a family and a full-time job. Stepping from that to a mutual joy for the online game League of Legends, here's welcoming Matt Storm and Beefy. Hello, is this Beefy? Yeah, this is Beefy. Is this Matt? This is Matt. What's up? Hey, man, not much. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, uh, man, I'm, I'm off of work now, so I'm feeling much better. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's... yeah, man. I got enchiladas in my belly. I mean, I couldn't be happier. Well, well, that's good. Um, thank you for taking the time to agree to do the interview. I'm very excited to have you on the show. I'm a big fan of your work. Oh, thanks, man. I'm, I'm excited to do it. I saw you, and I got a lot of my friends that have done it. Stuff, and yep, it made perfect sense to me. <laughs> I'm slowly collecting all of the nerdcore rappers, increasing there my collection go. one by one. Just like Pokemon, you gotta get all of us. I gotta get them all, and there's so many, and you guys have different powers. Oh, you should see us breed. It's so weird. Uh. <laughs> um, so uh, last year you came out with a brand new record, which I was excited to hear after your EP that sustained me for a while, your TV and cartoon-inspired EP, um, your brand new record, Grown Up, which hearing record, which I really enjoyed. Um, oh, thank you. I actually got to chat with MC Lars a bit about it because I interviewed him early on and earlier on. And I mentioned uh, hacks and he did the verse for that. He's like, oh, yeah, I did that. You know, I recorded that verse a while ago. So (laughs) thanks for reminding me. Um, (laughs) But he said he had a blast working on it. And um, I I love that record because it, it, it is a jump from your last record and the fact that you have this kind of growth and maturity in the music that you have. But you still go back and do fun stuff as well. You have your sketch, which is, is still a song, which I love because so many hip hop records have sketches that are just trying to be funny, but there's nothing musical about yeah. them. But you take yours and go from freaking out about a phone call to just rapping about nerdy stuff, you know, and right. and it's it's fun. Um, how, so how long was Grown Up actually in the making for? Growing up, man, I used to have excuse me, in a, in a physical date sometime in October of I think it was 2013 or something like that. We were just we've been working on it for so long, just little bits, little bits, little bits. That at one point, uh, at one point, uh, Mustin, who was the producer on it, uh, said, "Hey, man, we're doing this, or what's the deal?" And so we 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 put some renewed energy into it and really kind of stomped down some of the songs because he had just almost every demo he had ahead of time. I had demos that I made ahead of time and then it just kind of sat there for a while and it didn't progress anything. And it wasn't like I was working on a whole bunch of other projects at the same time, just little odds and ends. And, uh, 
And, you know, it was in the phase where I was kind of like, it's so much easier just to do a feature verse with someone than it is to do my whole own song. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, so much work. I have to come up with the whole concept and everything. Yuck. But, uh, so yeah, we finally, we finally geared, uh, just nailed it down. And, you know, I just, he works, it, me and Mustin are, are oddly similar. He works a bunch of jobs. He has a, a wife with a, with a kid, and, you know, so he's step daddy and so am I. And we just, you know, we just, everything is a time suck. And then we also probably wanted to be these internet celebrities who want to make cool music together. So, you know, we, a lot of stuff was put on the back burner, but I'm glad we kind of like, you know, sucked it up and got it out. But it was well over, I think from initial concept to finishing, it was well over two years. Wow. Well, yeah. the care in it definitely shows. And what I like also, what I like about you, and I told this to Michael Kill actually recently when I interviewed him was that, what I like about a lot of nerdcore rappers is that when they have a dialogue with the audience, even on their record, it's very personal and it's very you. You know, you're not putting on a character. You're being you. Like when, so I've never read or watched Game of Thrones ever. Um, but I oh, love, okay. but I love your Game of Thrones song. And I love at the beginning okay. how you're like, oh, by the way, if you uh, like, we have taken me here because if you haven't read, like, you gave a whole spoiler spiel, and like, I feel like that's something you would do to a friend who like came over to, oh yeah, to watch the show, and you're like, oh, well, you want to talk about the book? Well, I'll see here this, you know, and so it was pretty cool. And then I was like, oh, it's about Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm never gonna watch it anyway. And even if I do, I don't care. Right. And you know, and it's it's a great track, and I enjoy it, even though I don't know that much about Game of Thrones because of just the way it's framed and and the music, of course, itself. Yeah, I uh, must have sent me that beat, and uh, you know, it just it felt right. I had just gone through a spree of reading all the books, and was really, really feeling like every little character, every nuance of the of the novels of it, and everything, and really dug into the show was just coming out. So it made sense. But again, since from the time it took to actually read it, half the things in there aren't spoilers for the TV show anymore. <laughs> but uh, but it's still fun. But you know, yeah, I, I got a friend Steve who does a podcast in Seattle called Bone Bat Show that you kind of said the same kind of thing where it's like he likes little skits because it seems like, you know, it's just, you know, that's, that must be what BC is like in real life or, or something like that. Or that must be like, you know, you know BC or talking on the phone or just, you know, whatever. And more or less, yeah, I mean, I only make these little skits or make the little recordings to, you know, make the producer laugh at the <laughs> end of the day. And, you know, Mustard has a really good sense of humor and, and Tanner, who I work with a bunch uh he has, you know, same kind of sense of humor. We'll just kind of make these things, and we think it's funny. And we'll add little intros and outros. Cause, you know, I'm not, I'm not into Chris where I can do where I'm confident enough to write the great, you know, audio sketch that we'll have people roll in for 30 years. You know, because there's some, you know, there's some sketches you can listen to, and some albums that have some things that'll make you laugh, you know, decades from now. And I, I just don't feel confident. Like, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. I can be me though, and I could do, I can do me, and I could be timeless hopefully, and, uh, you know, not come off as a dick. And it's easy when I'm not, you know, just overreacting to things like I do with sketches or, or underreacting to things. Just That's kind of who I am and kind of how yeah. I do anyway. So it's not something like some act I have to put on later if you meet me at a show or you meet me at just, you know, at the store. And I don't have to be like, oh, wow, I'm beefy. This is my beefy voice now. Let me, let me put on the, the sky. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I mean, it even comes across in in the song Holiday that you did um, when you're like, every time I hear, we need some form of pants, I lose it every time. Like, I'm in my office working my day job, and I'm listening to this album, and I hear that, and I just lose it. I can't. Because I feel like I've had that conversation with my, my nephew or niece before. Like, they want to, you know, you got to put on pants. Pants are important. 
I would love to believe me. There's nothing more than I would love to do than live in a society that says, you know what, pants aren't going to be necessary. But baby, you need pants, unfortunately, in this democracy. So let's go. <laughs> so um, obviously, uh, Grown Up came out towards the end of last year. Um, do you have any plans to do some touring with the new record and and uh, hit up some either the east or west coast? Uh, that would be the dream. Unfortunately, because you know the content of Grown Up basically says, you know, I, I just I'm just a dude. I'm just a grown-up guy that has to do work and shit. I can't uh, work and stuff. I can't. Uh, I can't tour. I'm not a touring artist. I'm not gotcha. good at it. Um, so yeah, I just I work full time. I work two jobs. I uh, just you know trying to pay the bills while the wife is in school. Uh, she's finishing up her masters and stuff. So I decided you know we'll pump the brakes on on, on this. And like, I was never good at touring. Like even when I was single as all hell and just like the super virgin and stuff like that. Like I. I still wasn't touring. And when I, the one time I did like do some shows like down the West coast, like I was like merch, I don't have any merch. What I, I didn't know how to pay the bills doing the show. Like now I've met people like Megaran and I've met, you know, Adam Warrock and Lars and quite a lot. And these guys, you know, they get by and they do these things like merch is important. And why don't you have merch? You should be getting, why aren't you selling shirts and stuff? So, uh, you know, I just, I'm not very good at the business side of it. I just really like doing shows. And so I'll do a lot of, you know, I'll drive out, you know, four or five, six hours to get to Seattle or Portland or, you know, somewhere around here in order to, to do a show. But, you know, since I started locking it down, I've been focusing more on like, hey, I can make some records. I can make some, some cool stuff. I can feature on a few dudes' tracks and stuff. But uh, the touring has to take away side until, you know, the wife is the world's greatest teacher. And then I can go back to just screwing around and spending money flying to places like Orlando. <laughs> There you go. See, you got to have your priorities. You got to get stuff exactly. in line. And then when the you're ready. She probably won't hear this if I'm being honest. See, I don't want her to hear this so she understands my plot. Right. So let's make well, sure because we keep her away from there. We can only <laughs> hope she doesn't hear it because then if she does, she'll know the jig is up oh. and, and that's yeah, it. I can't have that. I have a plan. And that's her finding out is not part of it. So, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I would love to. There's one thing I love more than doing shows. I just, I feel like I do them pretty well. I feel like people who haven't heard me before are pretty surprised by this really, really, really big dude doing pretty decent raps at a pretty fast clip for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, hour, however long they have to go for. Uh, and, you know, I, it's, it's so much, I love winning over fans. Like, I love making new fans and meeting new people and seeing the people that I've seen before or seen like 17 times and giving pro hugs to everybody. But uh, I love making new fans and like making new people and telling people, oh, yeah, you can check out my website. It's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> I just like that experience. It's so much fun. Sure. Yeah. Um, my next question is, since we're talking about the new record and, and music in general, um, I actually have a fan question. A fan, Sarah wants to know, what's the hardest track you've ever created, written? Like, what was the most difficult track for you to ever create? Oh, God. It's definitely, I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Definitely. Oh, oh, I know exactly. I knew it was going to be a Grammar Club song because that's the, the side project of Michelle Riley and oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Ty and Glenn Case and a bunch of other people, DJ Snyder. Uh, uh, there's a song called Alternate Ending that we did in, I think it's three-fourths time. Mm -hmm. So it's like very waltzy. And I had to try to make a rap for it. And this was, you know, this was pretty early on. This is our first record that we did at the Grammar Club. And that's only, you know, one year one removed from the first kind of collection album, kind of a tube technology of things I did. Uh, and uh, I... I just wasn't, I'm, I'm not as, I wasn't as good a writer or performer as I think I am now, but it came together real well. It was just really, really, really hard to write like that. And every example that I was shown, there was like a Beck song he showed me and just a bunch of different songs that 
also kind of played around with hip hop in the three fourths time. And, uh, none of it sounded like stuff I do at all. Like there were all these really <laughs> experimental sounds and rappers. And I'm like, I have like this flow. And, you know, at the time I was really, I, I couldn't really play around with the beat as much as I, you know, as, as much as I like to now. And I just, I wasn't, I wasn't covered with it. And it was super crazy, stupid hard, but ultimately it ended up being like, it's not my favorite song I've ever been a part of, I think. Cause it's uh-huh. so, because it's so waltzy and so catchy and stuff, it's like so sweet and fun to play. And, and everyone, you know, that I talk to who are fans or something, they talk about grammar stuff, like, all oh, to the ending. And they all have the same face, like, oh, like, they're remembering back on the time, like, they first heard it. Like, that's such a sweet, it's such a sweet song. It showed us such a sweet job on it. But, uh, but, yeah, that was definitely the hardest. And that and Red Cyclone that we do about Zangief, because that was just super, <laughs> super fast. And that took a lot of takes <laughs> to get it right, right on, on one. Um, the next uh, fan crash chord fan question is a hard hitting question, so I want you oh, to prepare. Baby, What's your favorite kind of pie? Katie wants to know. So I used to be such a big fan of pumpkin pie. I used to get that into the birthday cake when I was young. <laughs> but as I grow older and fatter, I think pecan pie is by far the best pie that there is available on in your grocery market and at your local bakery. And now, and now the fans know. So now, if yeah, you start, I, I was gonna say, and then now, if you start doing some live shows and people start showing up with pecan pie, you know, you can thank me for that. You know, I don't want to send off the wrong kind of vibe though, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm elitist to certain kinds of pies or like <laughs> I'm being specific to any kind of pie. So any fan who ever wants to see me or if I'm at a thing and they want to show there, you can live, you can bring any pie. You know what? I'm an equal opportunity pie enthusiast. Well, that's that's good to know. The more you know a about pie, your rapper. I'm a pie enthusiast, which may be the title of my next album, so be careful on that one. <laughs> there you go, pie enthusiast. I want I want uh, some semblance of credit for that if that becomes an album. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll throw that on there. You'll put that you'll be in the thank yous. Yes. Excellent. Or that'll be like my side band project with Billy the Fridge, who's another really big guy like myself. And we'll just like like It'll be that. It's like getting another slice. That'll be the name of the first album. Excellent. Ah, oh, the ideas. They're flowing. They're um, really good. I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> so, um, obviously, if anyone listens to your raps at all, you might be a tiny bit into video games and pop culture and science fiction. I just get a sense. Uh, it might be crazy. A little bit. Just a little bit. I don't bit. want to get that vibe off, but <laughs> that's the vibe I've been giving off. I mean, I'll work on it. If you had a favorite pastime when you're not writing music, when you're on your downtime, a thing you like to do when you're not working or rapping, um, what would that that nerdy hobby or non-nerdy hobby be? Lately, as of as of most recently, the last few months, it's been League of Legends. I have been super, super into League of Legends, playing it a lot, just being real into it. Uh, so that's what I've been spending like a lot of my not, you know, producing an income i've been just throwing it all away playing league of legends and um, see now we can have a league of legends conversation because i play as well and we'll lose oh, half of my audience it's fine don't worry oh we'll... my God. yeah we don't need this audience i just need you right now <laughs> so so we're gonna hook up i'll friend you on facebook after the interview you i'll send you oh, yeah. my league name and, and we'll, we'll work it out um who's your favorite oh, champion yeah. My favorite champ is Morg. That is my favorite bar none. I, I started playing before. I, I went to the first packs I went to, or the second packs. I think it was the second pack. Uh, they gave out that Arcade Sona skin. Sure. 
I went to the I went to one that gave out that Pax Jacks. I sold like two or three of them, not knowing what I had. Oh, I have Pax Jacks, and people lose their shit when they see me playing as Pax Jacks. I'm so mad at (laughs) OBC not knowing. I was like, I could have, I would have, no, I would, I would now pay like a hundred bucks to get that. Maybe probably not. The wife won't allow that, but I would pay money to get that now. And I sold it for like barely anything. And yeah. So, so I got that thing. So I started playing the support as Sona and I thought this is really good. And then we started playing more. I got some, uh, I got a buddy online who, who said, you know, Hey, I was like on Twitter saying, Hey man, I want to play league, but I don't really know. It's kind of like hard to get past all of the, the trash talking and the saltiness and, just, you know, not feeling like a piece of shit every time I finish a game. <laughs> and uh, some guy came in and was like, hey, man, I'll run some games with you, kind of teach you some stuff. So I started playing with him. I got my wife into it. My brother started playing it. So nice. it's, it's straight into, like, this family affair where some days I don't even want to play, but if my wife's playing and Chris is playing and my brother's playing. It's like, well, I mean, I want to be the weird guy not playing. Right. So, I mean, I don't I don't get to see my brother all the time. We moved to a different city and stuff. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a nice way to just get to spend time with people and play the game. But yeah, man, more. I play support all day. I mean, all what day. I what I love about League is if you have a group of friends and you're all playing together on a team and you don't give a shit. Like if you're just playing and you want to learn the ropes or you just want to have some fun, some of the oh, ridiculous yeah. shit you can do. So I always play bruisers. Um, I like top yeah. laners. So I'm a Garrett or a um, Malphite is one of my favorites. He's the first champion I ever played in beta. And my favorite thing oh, to do really? is just stack. So with, with Malphite, more armor means more damage. So what I do is just stack straight armor, and then I throw my rock trail, and it just topples people. It's so hilarious. You just go armor regardless of who you're up against. Just, yep. Just stacking armor just because you need to build that damage up. Well, also, the funny thing is also with his ultimate, if I dash in and stun everybody, my favorite thing is in ARAM is like as the wave is coming, just dash in, stun everybody. I die, but so do they because while they're killing right. me, everybody's killing them. Exactly. Well, that's that's because I've been playing like a lot of ARAM. After rank, I, I started my rank career. At, I, I got on my 10 games at Silver 4, and I proceeded to just trash my way down to Bronze 5. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just emotional, just, just terrible. I'm not brown. I'm brown's one. That's the top. But, yeah. Um, I uh, so yeah. So I'm just I, I'm doing terrible. I'm doing all these things. So I just started playing a lot of a rams because there's nice. nothing more fun to be like you know I can practice my team fights anyway. Yeah. And uh, I can play a rams all day. Plus it gives me time throwing a new champ and stuff like that. But I played a lot of Alistar and Offsite and a rams, and I found out that I suck as tank because I <laughs> think that. I'm not physically hurt over here. Why would my avatar be be hurt or afraid? I can take on that Shaco, or I can take on that Fiddlestick by myself. No problem. And nope. then I die repeatedly and feed and feed as Alistar. So, yeah, I, needless to say, League has taken a large portion of my life, but I don't want to be one of those rappers that only raps about League of Legends because they already have people like that administrator who is already way better at that than I am. <laughs> So, I mean, but just playing with the friends, and like you were saying, uh, uh, I got the, the professor, Shy Guy, is another guy who's done a lot of great turn music. And, you know, he's uh, like, he just played Magfest and stuff. Sure. Uh, he plays League and stuff. And, uh, you know, some his, he has this whole group of friends that I'll, I'll jump in with for a while. And it's weird because they have their own, like, language they all speak in. And it's <laughs> kind of like I'm observing, like, their their mechanics and the way they do things. But they're talking about sometimes they'll just play a troll game, but just all play stuff team bird where everyone would be like a bird related champ <laughs> and you know team bust where everyone buy gets the skins and the the splash arts that have literally as much bust as possible regardless of team comp so i uh 
I really like the fun you can have with a group of people and just kind of trolling if you're not taking it too seriously. Yeah. But don't mess around my rank game because that's serious business, obviously. <laughs> I don't need to tell you all that, obviously. But. Obviously, if listeners are play are league players, they know. I happen to know some of some of my fans are league players, so so that's fun. It's always nice. Like I had an, I made the mistake of of mentioning pretty early Nintendo to Sulfur when I was chatting with him, and right. next thing I know, we had twenty minutes talking about about that, and just like I mentioned, yeah. Magic the Gathering to Tribe One, and it's like, well, that was the conversation. Yeah, so. exactly. Like you just got to find that hot button that they're really feeling at this moment. And then you just, you got yourself, you got, that's content, baby. Well, that's also for me, it's like, I'm a huge nerd and I like these things and I don't get to play them as much because, you know, running a website, having a day job, doesn't leave a lot yeah. of time for stuff. But, uh, but, exactly. <laughs> but I, but I, I love chatting with, with, with any artist about what they're really into, because if I find a connection to it, it's fun to just chat about something that's not music with a musician too, because it, it, it grounds them in reality, knowing what they're into, you know? That's what uh, I listen to a lot of sports stuff because I'm also a sports nerd. It's just a thing I decided you can be. And uh, Dan Patrick talks about that a lot. It's like when he's he's a sports anchor guy. When he meets a celebrity, you know, he wants to talk to Bruce Greenspan about his music, or he wants to talk to these people about what it's like, you know, on SNL for years or something. And they just want to talk about sports all day. It's like, hey, I want to talk about sports. Like that's my job. I talk about sports all day. Let's talk about. Like no one wants to talk about the thing that they're, you know, doing professionally or doing for you know creative reasons. They just want to talk about that cool stuff that. You know, that everyone enjoys or everyone can relate to. Sure, yeah. Games are important. Um, besides uh, um, League of Legends specifically, do you have? Um, well, let's go, let's jump to movies because I imagine you're into some nerdy movies and TV shows. Do you have a favorite movie that you like to chill out with? Like, if you really need to wind down, a favorite movie, not even the best movie, but just a favorite movie that really helps you wind down after a long day of work. Uh, like a lot of good, a good wind down movie. I like. Uh, for some reason, there's those uh, like Moneyball and and Social Network. I can watch those for some reason a lot because I really like Aaron Sorkin's really fast, quick back and forth dialogue style. For some reason, I can watch that and just I can watch it if it's on FX, if it's on Netflix or something. It's like ah, I can't find anything else. This is cool. But uh, but yeah, nothing. It's not like I watch a lot of shows. Like I can watch Scrubs. Scrubs is like a go-to. Love I, you know, hey, I haven't seen this one episode in a long time. Watch that. I started watching Sirens uh, recently because it got on Netflix, and I I love that show. Oh my god, I'm a big nice. fan of that. And I uh, and I can Thirty that. Rock. Thirty Rock is another show that I can jump on in any episode and just have to and be fine and just be happy and <laughs> laugh at it like it was the first time I saw it. Yeah, Thirty Rock. I didn't get into until so I've been working on my current day job for a year, but I was unemployed for a month mm -hmm. before I got the job, and I'd never okay. seen Thirty Rock. And all of my friends talked about it. So I was like, all right, well, let's give this a shot. Next thing I know, it's been tw like 10 hours. I've watched a season yeah. and a half. And it's like, like, uh, like my fiance, my now fiance at the time, girlfriend comes home and goes, like, I'm in bed. And she's like, have you moved? But, um, but I love that show. I mean, I feel like um, Alec Baldwin could probably get away with anything on that show. Oh, yeah. And I love like they the longer it went on, the more they could just get away with or just kinda of get meta with it or play around with it like they're basically cartoon characters in some ways. Yeah. And they just I, I just love the, the manic weird world that they created within it all and like I miss it. Like I miss it there's no new episodes, there's no new misadventures with Tracy and Jenna and stuff like it was a weird show because it wasn't like serialized, like you know, Lost or something, or you know, one of those. Not Down Abbey, where I need, oh my God, they stuck me on a teaser. What's going to happen next? 
Yeah. Liz is going to have hang-ups and Jenna's going to be selfish and Tracy's going to be ridiculous, but I still, and Jack's going to save the day and be awesome and hilarious. I still want that. I want more interaction between Liz and Jack, frankly. They need that, this, like, a spin-off movie. Right. That, that's the hardest part about a show. They become detectives. Right? They should do, like, a TV <laughs> movie, like a true detective spoof where they're both detectives. Yeah. I would watch that all day. Well, is there an opportunity to bring this back to music? If your EP, The Adventures of Beef Thompson, taught me anything, it is that you are obsessed with TV shows on a great level. Um, where did the idea for an EP pretty much about Netflix and what it's done to your life, uh, where did that come from? Well, I mean, I'd, I don't know. I just, I had a bunch of tracks that, at, at the time, like Adam, I was seeing Adam Warrock do a bunch of, uh, he was in like a bunch of TV projects, TV scene projects, and I like whole EPs for like, you know, one specific show. And I remember thinking like, you know, I like to do this. Like I like to make things about shows and like I've been doing this for a while about video game characters or about this, that, or the other. Uh, but I, I don't think I can make a whole EP about one specific thing. We did one about the league, but that was about, that, that goes about like fantasy football. And that was about, you know, liking sports and being a nerd at the same time. So, you know, that, that had a bunch of different feelers out besides just about the TV show, but, you know, we had these cool, I had these songs that kind of were all kind of the same theme. Uh, I had that net, the song about Netflix, um, and uh, I forgot the name of my own song. Ruining uh, My Life. But it, yeah, Ruining My Life. Uh, we had that song about Netflix, and, and I had the song from uh, I Gotcha, which was the the song that was playing for Netflix, like one of their first big ads, one of the first national ads had the song. And uh, so I used that in. We just found a bunch of TV beats, and you know, it's my EP. It's for free, so I steal a bunch of my beats. Uh, I give credit to everyone who's involved, but I don't sell it, so I don't. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I hope I don't get sued by anyone who I've used the beats from. I hope, please, God, don't do that. <laughs> uh, but uh, we just use a lot of TV beats, and you know, I, I have a lot of passion for for things like here, all of them that weird dynamic in relationship. I, I I've always loved uh, Doug, and and the sense of you know, I can literally make a song out of anything using any. Anything like I'll make a song to any beat. I'll make a song to anything. Play it on drums. I'll do it. And yeah. uh, that Dexter song I'd had kicking around for a while, and I I found that found that Dexter beat, Dexter's lab beat, and for the Dexter song, and this made a lot of sense. And I was really in the zone, like watching a lot of shows. I wasn't doing a lot. I was watching a lot of Netflix at the time. And I felt like you know you got to write what you know. And right now, all I know is uh, by binge watching. So uh, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> well, what I love about that Dexter song is when it starts. I, as a child of the 90s, go, oh, man, a Dexter, right. a Dexter's Lab song. Amazing. Right. And then you start to rap and I go, and, and then I, I hear you rapping and I'm like, oh, wait, this is a Dexter, like a Dexter Dexter song. Oh, shit. Like, and you make that connection, <laughs> like, you know, Dexter, Dexter crossover. And I, I love that. I think that's great. You know, mashing up those two worlds, using the song yeah. from one and, and content from the other. And I think that's awesome. Well, thanks. I was afraid, like, when I when I did it, I don't remember if I talked to anybody about it or if it was, like, my wife or something. But I remember saying to someone, like, what if I did this or that? And then I said it out loud, like, you know, mixing the Dexter's last beat with a song about Dexter's show. It seemed, like, easy. Like, it seemed like, well, that seems a bit Like, what's that? But everyone seems to be, like, really, really into it. And I thought, well, maybe that's just one of my weird, like, that's a weird good idea that it turns out uh, hadn't technically been done before. And I just got lucky on it. Because it seemed... Yeah, so it was like my first idea for it. Like, oh, what if I did this but about other Dexter? Because again, TV binging at the time, I just finished yeah. watching like one of the seasons of Dexter. 
And, uh, you know, I haven't seen Dexter's Lab in a, in, a, in a long while, but, you know, obviously that, that music kind of sticks with you forever. Like, you right. don't even, you tend, you tend to not watch Net- Cartoon Network for a long, long time and start hearing the music. Like, I don't know, I can't remember what, but I'm, I, I feel like I'm seven again for some reason. What's happening? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was just fun to do little things and, like, even, like, songs, like, not referencing the show directly, but still kind of having that same feel for it. Just wanted to do some fun, just some fun stuff. Yeah. Well, and it kind of shows through. I mean, also like the Hey Arnold track is like, you know, doing that's where you took a sketch, but you made it a song like the whole thing is a sketch. You're doing both perspectives. You're singing both perspectives. But but it's not just it's just not a dialogue. There's there's music to it, too, and added so much to it. You know, even that realization at the end, like when you're, you're talking out. Uh, Arnold's mental train about well, well I'm ready for this like I, I you know and just I think that that's well, I, like, just, I like to think that Arnold at some point in his future kind of like grew up a little bit and like these kids grew up and it's like hey man like someone's perfect Arnold's always the kind of like culture kind of guy like I feel like given some time to mature and grow up those guys would have totally hung out man for sure yeah and it's just it's it's cool to hear that you know because you're like oh yeah it makes perfect sense like considering everything that happened in the show you know yeah exactly uh, especially when you're that age or just a little older than that, and you're like hey man i know that you're like i saw it in her diary that's legit that happened but i think in the cartoon he does not read his diary her diary because he has a he's a gentleman he is he, he's, not in my version of the song though in my version no he's he's a creep just like any normal human would be and he would read that diary <laughs> <laughs> and then and then be surprised and be like oh damn here it goes okay what <laughs> exactly um so obviously grown up came out last year and the ep had come out i think all, earlier the same year are you working on some more new tracks and say that you don't really you're not as much touring as you are just kind of putting out music are you working on more stuff do you have anything coming down the pipeline as they say i do i do we have a new album uh we're putting some i'm not finalizing yet i still have a few more songs i want to write for it still but uh, yeah, we're coming on the final stretch of uh, doing a new album with my my longtime collaborator and friend Tanner, forty one oh five, and uh, we've been making songs together for for years now, and uh, we do an album together, and uh, it's it's hot, dude. I, I like it. It's different a lot from growing up, only because you know Mustin and Tanner are way different uh, producers. Sure. But uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. You know, it's still gonna be loose and still be weird. But uh, Tanner's music is a lot more high energy and like a lot more dancey or things like that, whereas Mustin, I feel like more poppy, catchier. Um, so it's going to be fun stuff. It's, it's, it's fun to work with such different, you know, producer people because they're letting me be like, I can do different songs. I can do different, I can do different people if I choose to. So it's been really cool. I'm really pumped up for it. And I'm still like tracking down people who I need to get to, I need to, I say convince, but really I need to guilt them into being on my album. So <laughs> I got to work on some of those, those features, and then we should be fine. Well, do you have any specific features in mind? Have you spoken to anybody yet? Or We're definitely using Dr. Awkward, who's a great, Excellent. great rapper. He's a wonderful uh, dude. And, uh, yeah, he's he's outstanding. Like uh, he's he's another guy who's like working all the time, but he's able, you know, he's making time, he's being able to get out and do shows, and you know, did tour with uh, with MC Chris and stuff. So he's doing great things. Um, he's the only one for for sure. I've nailed down. There's there's only people I want to work with, and I never know. Cause like, do people want to hear me work with Megaran again? Cause I, I've done like a thousand songs with Megaran and I, more. <laughs> uh, you know, Adam Warrock's the same way. I don't know if I should like, you know, mix it up. And cause if I could, I would just get, you know, like people like Lars in the front to just be on my songs all day. And then I would get Willie Cyberman could be on it again. I probably will ask Willie Cyberman if I can get Willie from Optimus Drive and, and Super Commuter 
uh, Jeremy Osong. He was, I don't know if you're familiar with Often the, the Shrine back in I the am. day. Yep. Say, okay, well then, fantastic. We can, we can again be friends because you're an Austin fan and you play league. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, absolutely, my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite band and rapper of all time. And, uh, uh, he, you know, he was nice enough to be on, on Grown Up. So I'm thinking I can, hopefully I can convince him to be on, on the next one. But cool. we got some stuff that I think he'd be great for. So, but you never know. Like I'm not frontlocking it is able to get at this point like really big names and like you know featured musicians from from tracks you know from from legit bands and stuff. Lars is the same way. Yeah. Ryan can work with a bunch of really great underground rappers. You know mine is the the talent base that's in the nerdcore and I love it. Like I've been a nerdcore guy and at the base for it for for years and I just like dipping in this pool of, of talent that we've got. And some people are better than others, but it's, it's awesome. Like everyone's really great and it's a great community. Well, it's like, that's something I find that always comes up when I'm talking to all of you guys and everyone in in the genre is that the community is so fantastic. And I mean, even for me uh-huh. as like an interviewer, like I met, I, I, I this all started with an empty front of lot show. I saw him perform and his opening act was a guy named Shay for the Dark Lord. Oh God. Oh. And I was, and I was like, oh my God, this guy's wearing a suit rapping about ridiculous shit. I want to be his friend. And interviewed yeah, right? him. We did. We did it. We did text-based interview before I was doing recordings, and I had to transcribe it. Oh, okay. And and from him, I met everybody else. Like a couple years later, he did a show with Tribe and Michael Kill, and 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 uh, oh, Crispy B was there. And I was like, and it's just, and everyone in the community is so great. And I found like as as I interview them, and then I get to know them, and we develop an online yeah. friendship. And it's like, and then they come back to town, and we hang out in, in person, and we we have a drink, and we hang exactly. out. And it's just, it's just such a welcoming community. Yeah. Like, a long time ago, in the, the, the beginning times of Nerdcore, like, everyone was just internet trolls and didn't get along because it was, and Nerdcore was just lived on this one web form. And then uh, people started doing shows and meeting each other for real, and we realized, you know, you know, nerd, don't internet troll when you meet him in real life, he's still that guy. And we all just started getting along and found out, like, we're just, everyone, like, is the same kind of person. Like, we all... It's for fun. No one's doing this because, you know, we think this is a quick way to get rich and we're just doing it out of, you know, hopefully we can, you know, we can capitalize off this. Everyone just really likes hip hop, but also really likes nerd shit and just really wants to entertain people. And just everyone is so sweet and nice. Front a lot and MC Chris and Lars and Shaver are probably some of the bigger names that we have in our little, you know, pool that that we can claim like, hey, man, they came from our people. Um, or they helped influence a whole group of people. And they're the nicest guys. Like they'll help you out of the show. They'll they'll take they'll give this they'll bend over backwards and give the shirt off the back if they can help you as an artist, if you're a fan that needs help, like they're great. Like everyone has always been super, super friendly to me. Uh and even the people who I've had like really big disagreements with online, like as soon as I actually meet them in real life, it's like, Oh well, hey man, you know, sorry I can be a dick sometimes and Sometimes I say things and I really think you're talented or blah, blah, or like, you know, man, you're just not my cup of tea, but I mean, you're a really nice person. I shouldn't have taken that out. Blah, blah, blah. Like everyone's super cool and mature once you actually meet them and you have a few drinks with them and you perform with them. Like there's so many people like, eh, they're all right. I don't like them when I hear the recordings or SoundCloud or whatever. And then I see them in person and they're just bringing the heat. They're really into it. And they just change your opinion on someone right away, meeting them in real life. And everyone is so supportive of each other in the scene. It's the dopest thing in the history of the world. <laughs> I couldn't so agree more. And sometimes we get ice cream, and then then it's then it just makes it better. Exactly, because ice cream makes everything better. It's funny. It I really actually does. first heard you and Schaefer on the same track. I bought MC Parnalot Zero Day, 
and you're both featured yeah. on the same track with him and you do that that whole uh, disaster movie uh, it's a disaster that that disaster movie synopsis thing yeah, exactly and i'm listening to this and i'm like these guys are great and then of course i go down the wikipedia or spotify or whatever web right. device rabbit hole and i'm like oh these guys got albums oh man they got a lot of albums and then it's just <laughs> listening to the catalog and then what i love about spotify there are a lot of complaints a lot of people have with it especially artists and stuff but the one thing i do like about it is because they hyperlink the art featured artists on every album you can literally just go from album to album to album to album and yeah. in nerdcore there's so many guest verses it's like you could spend oh, yeah. all day just discovering new artists it's like I, I take a look at some of our artist pages like you know mine or, or front or whitey crackers or something and just to see like my albums on there adam's, adam's uh, albums on there like there's so many like albums and like Somebody, but like we could do six degrees of Kevin Bacon almost with some yeah. people because like that guy's worked with him, who's worked with him, and, you know, you can just follow it. Anyway, you just get kind of down the wormhole like Wikipedia, like, oh, that dude's dope, let's check out him. Oh, he's part of this whole other group of people who are doing something similar, let's check out all their music. So, yeah, it's it's a fun little, it's a fun scene. Like, everyone really, really likes working together, and there's never like, like, no one charges anyone else to be on another verse, and no one does things like that. It's it's so on a barter agreement of, like, I'll do this verse for you, but, you know, you'll do a verse for me in the future, or you'll do a beat for me, or, you know, when we do this thing, you know, you'll let us open for you, vice versa. Like, that kind of stuff. It's never, like, just, no one's in this for money to do business stuff. I mean, when you show shows, they want to sell merch, they want to survive and eat food on the table, obviously, but no one's out there to, to do it off of anyone else or to, to do it at the detriment of any other performer or anything like that which is as far as from what i've been told about the music industry and about performance and anything like that is completely rare yeah it, it's tough like new york has a good crowd for it if you can find the right spot like my fiance's in a folk band and they play a regular monthly gig and like it's at a bar that their friend owns and it's got a good crowd and like everybody works together who plays everyone supports each other on a show night but you know it's not everywhere there are people who are cutthroat to get to where they want to be and i think it's the exactly. new model the internet model and the whole yeah. diy indie thing is what gives that camaraderie i think because you're all in it together you're all just trying to make a buck and trying yeah. to trying to trying to make more music and make more art yeah we're always like using each other as a resource like there's a nerdcore hip-hop facebook group that's kind of taken over that where that form left off back in the day nice. and uh you know it's just people saying you know hey this is my beyond just hey there's my big takers this that and the other it's like hey what should i use for this or what are some tips and tricks i can use like hey I pro you know everyone's producing this on their computers at home pretty much i mean what what can i do to improve my recording what kind of equipment should i be buying on this budget you know and people are there readily giving information and giving giving tips uh we we do uh we just finished up the the vpc3 the vocal producer challenge and nice you know everyone's competing against each other but at the same time everyone's giving each other feedback everyone's being really constructive with how it's going you know no one's out there just to rip somebody else and you know some people are doing again better than others and sometimes people have disagreements on stuff, but uh, for the most part, there's you know there's always going to be those handful of trolls and handful of people who just want to start a fire. But these days, it's just mostly people like, hey man, you know we could compete against each other, we may be you know competitors or whatever rivals, or even. But at the end of the day, like we're still in the same clique and family and in the same genre, so we're just gonna we're still gonna look out for each other. Yeah, and and I think it really shows in the work too. You know, the camaraderie there is there in the music and the content too. Um, 
There's one other specific song I want to ask a question about, mostly because it was my favorite cartoon probably of all time, one of the best superhero cartoons ever made, and you did a song about it. Your Uncanny X-Men song you did. Yeah. Sampling that, that beat, did that come just from your long love of that cartoon since you were a kid, or did did it just kind of dawn on you one day? How did the planning for that song kind of come to pass? That absolutely came from me loving that song as a kid. I specifically asked uh, Mustin to make a beat using the Uncanny X, the, the X-Men Saturday morning cartoon track, uh, using that as a background. And if he could, you know, steal as much of it as possible, cool. Uh, <laughs> we were, you know, I'm always, you know, everyone's always afraid of being sued. I always think about if I'm big enough to get some of the attention at Sony or somebody or Fox in this case, get my attention to sue me, then all the better. That means we're doing something okay. But, uh, uh, so, you know, we just must have made this the dopest, just the dopest. Heck, that's exactly how, when I said, hey, we really want a hip-hop beat, but based on this theme song, that's exactly how I had pictured it in the whole time. And he just, he executed it, he recreated the whole arrangement. Like, none of that is sampled. That's him recreating every instrument that's on wow. the piece. And uh, he's he's amazingly gifted at, at, at music in general, but he plays every instrument, and he's just, he's amazing. <laughs> he has friends that, that fill in the gaps where the, the things he can't do, he they you know he got buddies that can't. But uh, he had that, and and you know, Lars is someone that you know I've been making music with. We had just done a, a song called Child's Play together, and uh, he's really really fun to work with. He's super positive. Um, there's nothing that he doesn't love. There's nothing he's not game for. As long as there's you know there's a, some kind of positivity he can put his spin on, then he obviously will. And he's perfect. Like I, when I was making a song about Saturday morning cartoons, like he was the first person I thought of. Like who's happier? Who's more Saturday morning cartoons than Matthew Lars? Right. I mean, I think he's working on a kids show right now. Like he is. It makes the most amount of sense, right? So, uh, and which I also hope he does get a show, and I hope it's like you'll Gabba Gabba where they have regular guest stars because I will totally make a song for the children because my seven year old would love that anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I mean. So, but yeah, Uncanny X-Men is so dope. It just, it totally just took me back to, to hanging out with my little brother and watching cartoons every Saturday. And I don't know what the hell my parents were doing in their bedrooms for that hour, but God bless them. I was leaving them <laughs> alone. And now knowing how it is, like, I, I hope Layla gets to a point where she just wants to run around and just watch videos, like cartoons and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, that, yeah, that's one of my favorite tracks. I think it's pretty fun. People, people seem to really enjoy it at a certain age. You know, there's some people who didn't grow up with it for whatever reason, which is a terrible thing to have to endure in life. By <laughs> well, I, I think. Like, what? Go ahead. No, no, I was just, I was going to riff about Morph and how I always got confused that he was in the title sequence, but not most of the episodes. So. <laughs> but he comes back at the end. He's controlled by Mister Sinister, oh, yeah. like, like a couple Absolutely. seasons later. By the way, that show is actually a lot shorter than I remember. Like, I thought it was like 30 seasons. It was like four or three or something. Like, it wasn't. I, I remember it being at least like five or six. Yeah. That's how I remember it. But I forgot how many times I'd seen some of those, like, you know, uh, Savage Land episodes, like, oh, 50 yeah. times. And the, the pilot episode, for some reason, a thousand times. Oh, yeah. Night of the Sentinels. Uh, I remember the name of the episode. Yeah. See? And, but the, the thing that, bugs me the most is when at that same time they were playing like a lot of repeats of uh, the Spider-Man cartoon. Sure. One of my favorite episodes was the crossover between the Spider-Man cartoon and the X-Men cartoon. I remember that where he's starting to turn into the man spider. Exactly. He's turning into man spider and he's talking to Beast and it pisses me off because they didn't even like it seems like they had never even seen an episode of the Uncanny X-Men cartoon. Yeah. He gave Beast like this weird haircut that really upset me. 
But that's always an episode I wanted to see because I really dug crossovers at the time because I was, you know, a child. I mean, who doesn't crossover? Right. But they they didn't repeat that episode near enough for my liking, like not dear enough. But I saw the Sin of the Savage Land episode of the X Men like about a hundred and fifty times. I hate what's the pterodactyl man's name? Oh, um, um, Soren, I think. So I hate him. I I hated him. <laughs> that's the, he was I, the star I, scream I, of the X Men cartoon. Oh, so stupid. Hated him so much. Worse. And then he spoke with such a... I hate him. I hate him. I think about it right now, and it's filling me with rage. (laughs) It's funny you bring up the Spider-Man cartoon. Like, those both came out around the same time, and I love those. And my favorite... My two favorite... Marvel heroes still are, and I say hero because he's sort of a hero, is uh, Wolverine and Venom. I always loved Venom. I thought Venom was awesome. He could, like, I just, I thought he was such a badass character. And I remember what I thought was the season finale of one season of Spider-Man where he loses the black suit and Eddie Brock finds it and, like, it ends with his foot stepping on a newspaper. You don't actually get to see Venom. When I went on Netflix and looked up the seasons, I was trying to find that episode at the tail end of every season, and it's not there. I'm like, it was, like, the fifth or sixth episode. In one of the really? seasons. And I'm like, I remember there being a gap. I remember Fox splitting it up. Like, I had to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to see it. I mean, it could have just been a week, yeah. and I was 10 and didn't, like, realize. But Get out of my head right now, dude, because I, I remember, like, now that you're saying this, like, I, I feel like I remember there being, like, weeks worth of buildup for, yeah. oh, my God, Venom is going to be on the cartoon. Oh, my God, it looks so cool. Oh, my God, Venom. Like, I remember being so pumped for that. How was that only the fifth episode? Like, it was it was definitely not at the end of the season. It was, like, in the middle of one of the seasons, and I was blown away. I mean, yeah. It's it's funny how you remember stuff as a kid, and then as you get older, you're like, really? Like, what? Oh, yeah. Well, those uh, Saturday morning cartoons, like, put me through a loop, too, because I thought that when they had the, the commercials for a con- that if you send a letter uh, to Fox or whatever in L.A., uh, you could win the portable TV in the season, uh, you know, all these tapes of X and da, da, da. For some reason, I didn't realize that was a contest. Like, only I thought I sent this, I put the effort in to send a letter out to you. You should send me a TV all that and stuff. a bunch of VHS tapes for free. I, I was just like, I was always sitting there like, where's, my, where's the mail, dude? I, I'm just sending the package. What is happening? <laughs> like, I had a weird eye opening to the experience of like, no, man, you just, you know. You didn't oh, win. Man, they just get the letters in. You just didn't win, though. They just want your address. They want you to be able to send your mom stuff in the mail, I'm sure of it. But <laughs> they just want to sell your ad time. Or it's just like, oh, we know that kid's watching. Put that in the news box. Right, exactly. So they can stack that, which is the most archaic way of finding ratings. But, yeah. you know, hey. So uh, I don't remember when you asked me when I lost my innocence, but that's when it was. Uh, <laughs> I can remember the day. <laughs> well, well, now we know. And now Nerdcore as a whole knows. You know, now you're fine. Yeah, now... Now they can stop asking, finally. <laughs> um, uh, another question I wanted to ask was, if if someone were to, if there was something about you that your fans might not know, what would that be? Whether it's your uh, a favorite band that they might not think you like or a favorite TV show they might not think you like, what, what about you would be most surprising to your fans to hear? I've never played a Legend of Zelda game ever in my life. Wow. No Link to the Past, no Ocarina of Time, no nothing. I've never played Legend of Zelda game franchise ever. Not as a point of, like, I refuse, just it's never appealed to me that much. I, when it was really popular when I was growing up, I didn't know how to read yet. So (laughs) I was like, no, man, I'll just keep playing Ninja Turtles and Mario. And then I just kind of drifted away, and then it became this whole big thing, and a whole culture of people love it. And I've never, and it's not, you know, I feel like it's 
like reading a bunch of DC comics. Like I didn't grow up with it. There's way too much backstory to have to get through. Yeah. I don't have NES anymore. I'm not going to. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, that's how I feel about it. And now I feel like that's my biggest nerd shame and I, I could do something about it readily. And I just have it. Wow. I just want to say, Beefy, we had been friends. Like We had been friends, right? We, right. We were getting along really well. I was looking forward to playing League. I was looking forward to becoming friends on Facebook. But, you know, now... No, honestly, I get that. Because there are so many gaming franchises that I look at and go, how? How do I even approach it? You know, like... Yeah. When God of War came out, I was into Devil May Cry, which is the same kind of game system. Right. Like, and so I played those games to death and never touched God of War. Now there's like eight of them or whatever. And it's like, all my friends are like, how have you not played God of War? It's incredible. It's the best hack and flash game ever. And I'm just like, nah, I don't want to start from the beginning. I don't know. You know? For me, it's like strike that reverse it because I love God of War. I played the first, you know, I played the first three. I don't know the other add on games that added to it, whatever. Sure. I played the, the, the trilogy of it, but I've never played a Devil May Cry game. See? Because they yeah, came out at the same time. Right, exactly. And they were the same exact uh, gameplay, like run around, collect weapons, cut people's heads off, you know. Yeah. So who wants to do that more than once, you know? It's like... I think God of War uh, won it over for me because they had boobs in the game. And I don't know if Devil May Cry did. Devil May Cry did, did have a... Devil, Devil May Cry didn't advertise boobs, but it did have a leather-clad woman who was well, very booby. I appreciate that. But then they had like Aphrodite or something, sure. or whatever you know. <laughs> then they had just like, hey, want to try this mini, this pleasure, pleasure, this three-way mini game that's kind of off-screen, but you know what's happening. <laughs> uh, you better swivel that elf stick the right direction, right? Uh, so that game was hard because I'm not the type of guy that like I want to root for you protagonist but you he talks about his wife and, and daughter dying and then he's like having a three-way like 10 minutes into gameplay and uh it's like i thought what where is that love like i couldn't do that i can't I, why are you going to be so manly <laughs> i guess he is the god of war though at some point so i mean i guess i should back up a little bit i guess so i'm, I'm a lot less i guess i'm a lot less manly than the god of war <laughs> i guess so i guess we all are really that that's it if we've learned anything today so we're all less manly than the god of war <laughs> oh god if only though one of the other weird secrets that at one point when i was in like eighth grade or uh sixth, fifth grade sixth grade when i was getting to middle school i really thought for sure i would one day become a professional wrestler like i was pretty <laughs> that was like my destiny uh, I but can, that didn't end up happening either. I could step that up in high school to early college. I backyard wrestled for years. We had a league. We had championships. We had we videotaped it. There's videotapes. That my, a friend of mine is married and with a, a young son. And someday those tapes are going to come out to embarrass all of us. Exactly. Sure. See, like, my problem, and this sounds like a weird thing to complain about, but my, <laughs> my parents and the parents of my friends, care too much and that i don't want this to make it sound like yours didn't no no of course um, well my parents didn't know but, if they uh, knew i'd be dead i don't think they still yeah, know because we had yeah we had to say we had this trampoline we were always playing wrestling on like guys it's your friend make up stories really cool obviously we're you know middle school and so we did you know have a concept of what was really going on yeah but we thought we had like this brilliant idea on our hands we're like we made this waiver and we're showing our parents like they just signed this and just say i won't sue anyone if i get hurt they put their name, they put the parents' name, everything should be fine. And our parents are like, no, what do you know? You're not, no, you're no not way. You're wrestling. What is wrong with you? And then like, they look it up or they hear it on TV or something. And it's like Mick Foley with barbed wire and <laughs> you know, videotapes of people with through the cardboard and on ladders. And they're like, no, absolutely not. Like, 
No, man. I'm like Steve Malenko. I'm all about submission holds. You guys don't know my style, but whatever. Yes, I've I've uttered aloud the the term. I was the Mick Foley of my backyard wrestling league, which is a true story. I had three different gimmicks. Um, that that were ultimately ridiculous. One was the vampire Lestat, <laughs> which I ripped for Man Rice, and I was just a guy who came out in dark clothes. It was my version of the Undertaker, essentially. And then I had like Sp- vampire Undertaker. Vampire Undertaker. I, I ripped off okay. other wrestlers, essentially. Like my other character well, that's, was Spike. That's an homage. Yeah, true. My other character was Spike, who wore a spiked baseball cap when you get those studs at Hot Topic. Like he would have oh, a spiked okay. baseball bat and a spiked hat, and he was my Mick Foley kind of character. And then I had the master who came out with a guitar and was sort of around the time of the American Badass Undertaker. So, oh, okay, and, he could rock, he could wrestle you or rock you out. So that embarrassing thing somewhere, which I'm sure my 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 friend shout out to who ran this backyard wrestling league, uh, will whip out at some point to embarrass me horribly. But you know. Whatever. If the, if the accompanying photo of this show, picture that. If it's a picture of me and my stupid face, and not a picture of some old photo of your backyard wrestling league, I'll be personally offended. If it's not at least like a thumbnail, <laughs> somewhere clickable, that they can blow up and see. The, the, the funny thing is, we usually when we post the shows, we post three photos. So usually I'll do the artist, a photo of the artist, a photo of their newest album. So now I have to see if my friend has a photo from back then. I don't know that we do because it was before digital cameras were even a thing. So, you know, these are real well, photos with film. I don't know if you know what film is. It's this thing that used to go on I've camera. I've heard of this thing. They remind, you're taking me back to middle school and my Insta cameras are, are, <laughs> are disposable cameras from yeah. back in the day that I always got my finger in front of, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. I was terrible at, at having friends in middle school because, I mean, we didn't have cell phones yet. We were yeah. just getting them as I was finishing. So our selfies, all those little fun photos, you make your little collage in your binders and your lockers. Uh, I know all of yours had thumbs. All mine had thumbs. So I was like not getting the good shots of the girls. So we don't want to take pictures of your teeth anymore. At the time, I was I was Big Show. Uh, I was like, we don't want to take a Big Show. We don't take with DT or whatever my nickname was at the time. So I was like, that's how I initially became rejected by girls because you got to have your photo game high. Now with the iPhone, you don't have to worry about it. You got the you know front facing camera. Yeah. We didn't have that in fact in my day. <laughs> we had to take our selfies with a Kodiak. Yep, and then you didn't know if it came out till like a week later. Oh yeah, if you were if you remember to even get them developed at all, I guarantee <laughs> I still had at least three at my mom's house that never got developed. Probably, I found rolls of film <laughs> like moving out of my parents' place. I found rolls of film that I have no idea what they're for. They're not labeled. Right. They're used, and so someday maybe I'll bring them and get them developed and be terrified at what I find. That's the thing that holds me back. It's like uh, I don't know what what my hair looked like right at that time. <laughs> like I was really into bleach and some stuff back in the day, man, and I tinkle. <laughs> Jinko pants were really popular. I had them too. I don't know, man. I had them you too. Jinko pants. Yeah. Did you go up to the Pacific Northwest? Because I don't know. I thought that was just here. Cause no. Terrifyingly popular. New York too. Oh, yeah. They were big. I was yeah. I was a quote unquote metalhead. Oh, I wore course. the spikes, the Jenkos, the flannels. Ugh. Oh man! See, over here, that was that was dominated by the. Hispanic population that oh, was yeah. gang affiliated, or at least wanted you to think they were gang affiliated <laughs> because of how big their cuffs were. Exactly. <laughs> That's how you know you're gangsters because you got a lot of ankle space. Obviously. Where I'm from. 
that's so nuts, dude. Oh my god, just started because we talked about Uncanny X Men. You see what, you see what happened? Just down the wormhole of, of of days past, days of future past, you might say. Oh, look what she did there. That's taking the full circle on that one. I, I try. Well, you got this podcast, man. This is clearly what's that. That's what's happening. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, you see, <laughs> well, it, 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 it's been a pleasure, seriously, as a, as a huge fan of your work. It's a pleasure to get to chat with you um, and to have you on my show, to add you to my action figure collection of uh, Nerdcore <laughs> rappers. They should make Nerdcore rapper action figures. I fucking buy them. Are you kidding? Oh, man. Like, it would depend on their craftsmanship. Like, it was pretty shoddy. I could look ridiculous. But, I mean, <laughs> I could see it be really dope as well, though. I mean, that's, that's true. Um, just, before, before we yeah, wrap, um, do you have anything you want to promote? Obviously, the newest album is Grown Up. Um, do you have a release date or release time period for the new record you're working on? Uh, you know, Grown Up came out last uh, last summer. Uh, we're, it's doing real great. You can get that at beefiness, uh, at beefiness.com or beefy.bandcamp.com. Uh, the new album, it's it's due out. I'm gonna say just 2015. We're gonna have it out this year, hopefully next few months. I'm not being pulled over or anything. Every time my window will open next to the city street. Um, <laughs> so we got the uh, uh, the new album is called Too Big to Fail. It's uh, me and it's uh, produced by my my very good friend Tanner. That should be out in the next few months, and we're gonna have a, a new song from it coming out very soon. Or I mean, I don't know if you play music on this podcast. It'd be played on here. Feeling it, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, so yeah, we're we're doing those things. It's been pretty cool, and I'm I'm very 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 excited about it. Excellent, that's awesome. Um, this podcast will come out in about uh, a month or so because they release biweekly, and a few others come out before this one. But I will definitely make sure if that track is released by then to link to it. Otherwise, on the website. Otherwise, um, I will add that link once it's available. But um, seriously, seriously, man, thank you for taking the time. This has been a pleasure. I'm going to friend you on Facebook so we can hit up them League of Legends when you have some time and uh, if you ever find yourself in New York let me know hey man yeah I, I that's definitely a spot I want to hit up at some point in my life before I'm like remember that old fat guy that used to rap man he's old now but he's still trying to rap like that's not going to happen for me I don't think <laughs> before I hit that stage I want to make sure I get to New York because I got I would love to do that that would be cool and I'll definitely look you up you and Shell Riley would be who I'd have to hang out with and shape the dark movie. there you uh, go well I have one of my, my one of my best friends owns a bar with a TARDIS as a bathroom so you know it's, it's I always wanted to pee in the TARDIS that's there so, you go that's so, that's so <laughs> coincidental man I love it and they book so rap acts so man. yeah thank you sure, so much sure. Peace. and um and uh I appreciate you taking the time and I'll definitely catch you next time Hey, man, thank you again. And any time, it's been a pleasure. This was awesome. Thanks right. for uh, letting me be on your show. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Take care, Beef. Right, you too. Talk Bye. to you later. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.